Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate you pressing play, and remember that you can subscribe to this podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. My name is John, and I'll be your host for this episode. Uh, my co-host, Matthew, is not currently with me. You, know, you can't spell jam without John and Matthew, and I'm rolling solo on this one, but you know what? I'll be okay. Remember that you can follow the Suns Jam session on Twitter at Suns Jam, and you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, and you can follow my co-host Matthew at Matthew Lissy. What we have for you on this podcast is something very special. Recently, given all of the crazy events that are going on in this world that we live in, Monty Williams wrote an open letter uh, just kind of sharing his thoughts on what he feels during this time of unrest in America and in the world. Uh, it was a very poignant letter. Uh, you can check it out on The Athletic, and some other websites have it up as well. And it's definitely worth a read. Following that, he actually had a Zoom call with a lot of the local Arizona media to kind of field some questions from them and get a better understanding of what he was talking about when he put this out. The Suns Jam Session actually has that audio, and we're going to play that for you on this podcast. It is an amazing listen, and it just fortifies the fact that the Suns hired the right guy. Monty Williams is a thoughtful individual. He's utilizing his uh, position to to speak out and, and to say what he's thinking. And good, bad, or indifferent, I think that that's something that is valued by his players and as a fan I find it valuable as well. So, you know, if you got a few minutes, just sit back and crack open a cold one if you got one and enjoy this podcast. It's a good one. Thank you for joining uh, our Zoom call. Um, as you guys have worked with Monty over the last year, you know he is always respectful of the media and um, certainly handles all of our requests and responsibilities, but you would never consider him somebody that's gonna go look for the limelight. So I think that speaks a lot to um, the thought he probably put into this letter. And I know I will speak and say that I am very, um, appreciative of the fact that he has a heart, a conscience, and that he wants to start the dialogue and will continue that today with us. So thank you, Monty, for joining us. Thank you, Julie. And um, thank you, everybody, for being a part of um, this Zoom chat. And um, obviously, these are uh, a different kind of different for all of us. And that's just not even giving it any kind of um, the, the respect that it's due um, as far as where we are as a country, where, where we are as individuals, uh, our team, organization, uh, everything's been thrown into a bit of a uh, in flux, but um, through a lot of determination and people being patient and doing everything that we can to get back to um, some sort of new life and, and hopefully a better life. I think I'm thankful for the progress that we can see in front of us that we need to make. And, um, you know, that was 
in a nutshell, uh, one of the reasons why I, I decided to get outside of my box and pin something like the letter we were, uh, that Dean helped me with the other day, but it was just a lot of my thoughts, a lot of about where we were as a society and, and a lot of uh, me as a father wanting to express to my kids that I, I don't have many answers for them. So it's a weird time for us and um, I'm thankful that you guys are taking time out of your schedule to be a part of this chat and, you know, I appreciate you guys and, and if you guys want to fire away with questions, I'll try my best to answer as best I can. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Richardson's here at Fox 10. I, I just wanted to ask, you know, um, uh, in times like this, whether it's a, you know, pandemic or, you know, sports takes a backseat, you know, because obviously it's, it's just a game. But how can sports help when it comes to the forefront in times like this when people like yourself who have a platform can, can use that platform to inspire and encourage change? Well, sports, in my opinion, is, is a, um, it's a connector in so many ways. Um, when, you, when you're a kid, all you cared about was playing, uh, being with your friends, uh, wanting to win, and, you know, being able to go home and tell your parents about what happened, you know, tell your auntie, tell your grandparents about what happened. There were no barriers. Um, uh, race wasn't involved um, for the most part. Social class was not involved in it. It was just the pure element of playing. And I don't think that's left. Um, the arena of sport, even though we're dealing on, you know, in the highest level of sports, NBA, NFL, uh, baseball, soccer, MLS. I think we all have that childlike uh, want to compete, be around our friends, um, tell everybody about the game. And our society gravitates towards that. You know, we, we love to see our teams play. And I'm hopeful that um, you know, if we do get a chance to play, uh, we become a bright spot for, um, our world, you know, our world, it's not just our country, but the world in general is looking for something to grab a hold of that's authentic, um, that comes from a good place. But at the same time, uh, I'm hopeful that sport doesn't, um, deflect from the things that we need to pay attention to and as much as we want to get back to playing basketball football baseball there's still a number of issues in our um, social social structure that need to uh, need attention and um, that's why we we have the situations we have around our country Monty, you uh, you mentioned in your piece that you were you were calling on other people in the league to to help you you know find solutions and know how to approach this. I'm just curious if in the past couple of days, if if someone has told you something that has provided guidance or comfort or just anything that that has helped you um, over the last few days. My, my phone just went uh, 
the young boys say viral. You know what I mean? My phone was just going nuts, um, mostly because it's not something I've done before. And to your point, I've had different people um, just want to talk, you know, about real stuff, what's going on. And it's been pretty cool to have so many of my uh, white friends who ask, like, what can I do? And I'm not qualified to, to respond to that in, a, in an appropriate way. But the one encouraging thing I hope that I did was I, always, I told every one of them to continue to be themselves. You know, that's why they're my friends, because they're really good people. None of us are perfect, but I don't think any um, African-American who's been through some sort of discrimination uh, dealt with inequality is asking for, um, you know, people to change in that way. I think most of us all on this call just want to see everybody on the same uh, playing field. That's it. And you know, to all of my friends who are not of color, I'm like, dude, I, girl, I love you, dude, you're my friend. And, and we have to learn how to accept our differences. I, I wouldn't be who I am if not for uh, my friends here in America that are white or my friends in Serbia or my friends in South America, people that I've met throughout my time in the NBA and college that aren't like me, don't look like me. and so. That, that's been really encouraging for me to get the phone calls of, you know, from people that have said, man, you know, thank you. But then the, the humility to ask, like, what can I do? And, you know, unfortunately, uh, I don't have like a, a, a solution that is going to solve um, the problems in our society. I will say, if if you have the ability, no matter what color you are, to affect change in our political system, to write letters, to uh, create the relationships with uh, our leaders that can bring about change, that, that's, that's going to help. Um, we have a, a committee in the NBA, the uh, Coaches Association, and, and you know, three or four of the guys on it are white because they understand uh, it's going to take, um, at least the way I'm understanding it, white people who are in the position of high responsibility to make these kinds of changes in our system so that we all can be on the same playing field and, and live um, under the, the pillars that our country was founded on. Hey, Coach, uh, I appreciate you taking this, uh, doing this Zoom call. One of the things, obviously, not only are you representing yourself, your family, uh, you, your, your race, and, and America as a whole, but you're representing the Phoenix Suns. So how important was this for you to be like, okay, look, let me be a voice for our franchise um, in, in addressing this? Because in ways, people that have talked to me since then have looked at you that way and said, hey, he, he was speaking for the team. Do you, do you feel that connection at all? I, I think I did afterwards. Um, when I first thought about pinning this particular uh, note, it was it was really about 
me and my kids sitting there watching um, the protest on TV and, and, and ever so often they would show uh, George Floyd and, and others who have, you know, died because of brutality um, in our, you know, policing systems. That that was just about my kids and talking to them. And, and Dave, to be straight, I felt um, I felt a bit helpless, but I also felt like um, I was a bit privileged. You know, because I'm the coach and because I make the amount of money that I make and, and I can go back to my house in this gated community, I felt a bit incubated and isolated and almost felt like I was hiding a bit by being quiet. And I'm not saying everybody in my situation should feel that way, but that's how I, that's how I felt. And so after dealing with that and talking to Dean and coming up with a letter that, uh, we felt would be an encouragement, but also talk about some issues when the team decided to, you know, basically partner with me and, and write, basically came up with two um, statements that I was so proud to be a part of because they kind of, they mirrored each other in a way. And um, that's when I felt it. Uh, I felt like I was in a position to represent the team on this platform and you know i don't i don't particularly see myself in that way of having a platform but i think you have to do the best you can with what you have and and not worry about the size or you know the scope of of who you're going to reach you just do it and, and you just pray to god that it can bring healing and encouragement to people Monty Craig Fui, ABC 15. We go to Suns games. We go to Cardinals games. The stadiums, the arenas are packed with whites, blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, different socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, conservatives, liberals, Republicans, Democrats, you name it. We're all there cheering for the team. We wear your jerseys. We want autographs. We want pictures. What happens when we step outside the arena? What changes? That's a tough question. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's, that's a hard one. I, I, all I know is how I was raised. Um, I, I, was, I, I was raised in uh, a bit of a situation where I had to go live with my grandparents in Colonial Virginia, Fredericksburg, Virginia. And I watched my grandfather who would work um, about 10 hours a day and then come home and get his lawnmowers and go back across town and cut grass. And he would cut grass for um, older uh, Caucasians, Caucasian people. And, and I would watch him in a way that I'd never seen him before. He was, he was submissive when he talked to them. And I, I didn't get it because I was so young. I was just cutting grass and pulling weeds. And as I got older, I realized what was going on he was being submissive because that was the climate that he had, you know, become accustomed to. And that was the way it was. But my grandfather never one time said one negative thing about the way that he was treated or viewed. It had a huge impact on me to, um, to not allow that kind of environment or that kind of, um, 
situation make me react in a, in a way that I would, you know, treat people differently because of their social structure, finances, or color. You know? So I can't speak for other people and why people change once they leave the arena. All I can do is tell you how I was raised and, and also tell you that I, I've, I've not reacted properly uh, in the face of, you know, somebody calling me the wrong thing when I was a teenager uh, in, in Virginia. But I learned over time that um, there's strength in our differences and, and you hope that, you know, as we come out of this and, and we, you know, learn more about each other and learn how to accept each other, that we leave the games. Um, and the, the other thing I'll say is we can't assume that everybody leaves the game and leaves with a, a, an attitude that's, you know, prejudiced or, or racist. I, I, don't th I don't believe that's the case either. I think we see these acts by uh, certain people and we tend to paint everybody with that brush. I, I think for the most part, our society is filled with unbelievably good people and you see it all over the country where black white and brown people are standing together for what's right and and there for each other so it'd be pretty you know that would be an assumption to say that everybody leaves the game and, and they you know have an attitude that's you know we're going to be separate and because of our skin color or other differences um we're, we're, we're different and i can't be around you or i don't like you you're muted. Um, Somebody's stuck. There you Nick, go. Nick King, are you? There you go, Nick. Okay. Got it. Hi, Monty. Nick King, Free TV. Hey. Uh, you mentioned feeling helpless when you were trying to talk to your kids. Is there anything you can share that you did find to tell them? I mean, the helpless feeling is because you don't have, I, I don't have an answer that, you know, is going to solve what they're watching on TV, you know. I don't have an answer for why a man like George Floyd had to die like that. My kids are sitting there watching it. And to see their faces, uh, they didn't have to say anything. You can just look at their expressions. That, that's when, you know, if you have kids, you just feel like, man, I, you know, this is something that I never thought I'd have to, explain to my kids but they've seen it time and time again and they're you know I have kids from 22 all the way down to nine but those situations allow for us to have uh, the kinds of conversations that are necessary uh, and it, it allows me to talk to them about you know people like Dr. Martin Luther King and, and different people in my life uh, like Greg Popovich, R.C. Buford, Hugh Weber uh, white men who gave me an opportunity and it, it allows my kids to like I said not paint everybody with the hate brush um, they know that these are isolated situations and even though they bring a lot of pain and a lot of confusion when you're that age uh, we've tried to use it as an opportunity to you know talk and listen and you don't listen much because they, they just don't know what to say they're just looking and so the conversations have been uh, a lot different uh, lately because there's just the onslaught is just unbelievable on TV. But the, I look at it as an opportunity to, you know, help my kids navigate 
these waters when they're confronted with this kind of stuff as they get older. Monty, what, what have the conversations been like with your players the past couple of days and sharing some of the emotions that you, you discussed in the letter? Uh, I mean, I've had a few text messages from the guys that I'm not going to say which guys, but it's been pretty cool to get text messages from your players. Uh, you know, guys are like, Coach, I love you, man. Thank you for your letter or, you know, thanks for the, the call we had the other day. And, and our call was myself, James, and, and Mr. Sarver basically wanting them to know that we validate support and are here for them but especially their feelings because I, who am I to legislate that um, obviously they're frustrated and I'm sure it's like a lot of things they're frustrated by I mean we, we haven't been able to play basketball people are suffering from this virus uh, normal life stuff and then you add that add on top of that what just happened that's a lot of stuff to deal with and so we we basically wanted to let them know we're here for them. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I wanted them to know I'm putting a, a letter out, and I just did. It is in no way um, an attempt to force you to do something or feel like you have to do something. I think so many athletes, especially the young ones, when they start making a lot of money, they get forced to make heavy decisions that they may not be ready for. And um, I, I dealt with that when I first came into the league. And so we wanted them to know this was a safe place to talk. But we also understood that there's a lot going on in their, in their minds and their hearts, and we support them. Coach, thanks yep. for doing this. Thanks for writing the letter. Yo, it's good to see everybody, except for Paul. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> Coach, I was curious. How do you feel now that you've done it? And I'm also curious what's next. Um, and, and was this just you personally or was this you and the team both? No, it started uh, that um, the team, because they're progressive and they understand we have responsibilities as leaders in the community, where they were going to come up with a statement anyway. And I was just over at Texas watching, in Texas, watching what was going on. And Dean Stoyer and I just kind of went back and forth. Uh, I was just sharing with him some of my emotions about what was going on and, and the helplessness and, and, you know, some of the things I was feeling. And Dean was like, Ma, just, you know, keep, keep sending me stuff and let's put something together and we'll talk about it. And so... That's how it came about for me. And we just kept putting uh, thoughts on paper and, you know, looking at it. And, and then, uh, you know, I just decided I, I wanted to say something. Uh, didn't, didn't think it would turn into anything. I just was wanting to put my thoughts on paper. And, um, you know, Dean and I talked that night. I think it was... Friday night, Friday night. And then I ended up talking to my pastor and his wife in uh, New Orleans, Pastor Bill. And I was telling him what I was thinking and what I wanted to do and, or at least was thinking about doing. And, and he gave me uh, even more confidence. Um, 
and so I just, you know, after all of that and, and praying about it, I just felt like I was going to use the small platform that I had to to speak out about what I felt, um, the empathy that I had for um, the Floyd family and 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 Jack, and um, it was it was pretty emotional couple days because it was it was a lot of stuff going on uh, in our country and in our hearts. Um, Monty, thanks for doing this. Um, some athletes have spoken up, some haven't, some team officials have and haven't. Can you say specifically what you advised your guys about that? There seems to be a notion among some that if you're a notable person in athletics, you have an obligation to speak up, some pushback against that. Do you have any advice for your guys when it comes to that? Yeah, I think they have to do what they're comfortable with. Um, but I do feel like if you feel um, that you can lend a hand and, and affect one person, then you may have to step outside of your comfort zone. Like that was, <laughs> that was, that was how it was for me. You know, I just, you know, we, we felt like if, if we, if I could affect one family, one person to, you know, go into the future and, and be better as it relates to race relations and, and the, where we are in our country, it was worth it. And so we just, again, we wanted to validate and support whatever they wanted to do. And I, I said this a second ago, so many times in our business, when you're young, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, and you start making the kind of money that our guys make, all of a sudden you become wise and you become a decision maker. And I don't think that's fair to the players. Uh, I think it's something that they'll grow into as they get older. And I think for me, I, I have to understand that they didn't grow up like I did. You know, I grew up in the, the 70s and the 80s when, you know, race relations was a bit different. And then moving from Virginia to PG County, Maryland, where it was like it went from race relations to the crack epidemic. So my, my upbringing is a bit different than theirs. So I, I, did, I, don't, I don't put any pressure on guys to do that stuff. I think you have to do what you feel comfortable with. Um, but at some point, I think as you get older, you probably have to move outside your comfort zone. Coach, thank you for taking the time. Do you think because of the pandemic, because there's no games, there's no – a lot of people out of work, there's, there was more of a heightened awareness to what happened. So we do see more protests. We do see more people um, on the street. Do you think that had something to do with it, along with the amount of athletes like a Stephen Jackson or Carl Anthony Towns having the time to actually attend the protests and attend the rallies? I don't know for sure, but I'm sure, you know, if you, if you we, we express to our players, like just from an NBA standpoint, the emotions of losing David Stern, Kobe Bryant, the coronavirus, and then you have this situation happen. I'm sure that's affected all of us uh, in a way that we, we, you know, it's hard to put into words you know, emotionally, how we all feel. So I, I'm sure just the, the combination of all these things that have happened. And then you couple that 
those couple that with just your own personal stuff as a human being. Like we're all frail, fragile, and broken people. And then we have the economies uh, out of whack. And many of our relatives and, and people close to us are struggling financially. And that's a lot of stuff. And, and when you're in the position that our players are in, you typically are the one that most people come running to for help. And that's a lot of pressure to deal with. So I think you're spot on. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And, and you know, I'm sure because we're off and we have the time, we're probably more focused on it than we would have been. But that's a good thing. You know, I, I hope we stay focused on this so that we can uh, come up with some solutions so that we don't have to continue to watch what happened in Georgia uh, and what happened in Minneapolis. Like, we, we just – I'm tired of seeing that. I'm tired of watching uh, somebody else lose a loved one and I, and I know what it's like to get that phone call. Like, I, I just, I'm tired of it, you know, and I, I don't mind being forceful when I say that. I am tired of seeing that kind of stuff on TV, and I'm tired of hearing about it. Uh, hi, Coach. <clears throat> this is Dave King. Um, I'm going to ask a, probably a, a question you may not have a good answer. You probably don't have a good answer to. Um, I haven't had one since you guys got on, so I'll be, <laughs> it'll be par for the course. <laughs> um, as, a, as a white man, I'm really struggling with how to have a voice in this situation. Um, I don't know uh, representing. I have a lot, of, um, a lot of us on this call. have a lot of people who follow us and, and value our opinions, but mostly on sports, not on you know, other um, injustices, what kind of role can someone like me or others like me have in this situation right now? What kind of role is it in, in here that we really should have? Because the quiet role is not going to do, do anything for anyone. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly not qualified to to give you a great answer, I do know that we all have to be diligent and, and understand who we vote for. That's something that we just cannot take for granted anymore. You know what I mean? Like years ago, if, a, if, if the candidates didn't line up with my uh, ideals, ideas perfectly, I just didn't vote. And I, I feel horrible about that. I think for me, I gotta dig in and understand like, they may not line up with what I want, but the candidates may have a platform that's going to help society overall, and that's where we're going to be better. Um, as far as, you know, you know, what can you do? I think, I think we do it. I was telling the players this the other day. Like, don't feel like you haven't done anything. Like, what we do in the community, it, it does stuff. Like, what we do in sports, it does stuff to bring people together. Like, we got to continue that. Um, be, for us to be able to get on this call, this is a huge blessing. Like, I, I, I know that some, someday one of you guys, if you haven't already, is going to write something that I don't like. But that's, that's all right. I, I, I respect you as men and women who have a job to do. And I think that's where, um, even though we may have some differences, we have to respect one another we have to show you know genuine love towards each other 
you know, no matter what is going on in the sports world. And so hopefully we can, we can all have an effect um, by voting, but just like general sensibilities, you know what I'm saying? Like that, I think that has an effect on our society for sure. And, you know, if you can, you know, write letters to politicians in our, in, in the state and local levels, because that's where it's going to start. You know, it, it won't be the federal stuff, like, especially when it, as it relates to the police, like, we have to, we have to take the time to write letters, uh, meet with our uh, local police forces and chiefs and, and talk about the issues that we know matter. And we can't be silent. You know, if, 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 if you see something that you know isn't right, I think it's, it's our job to stand up and say, man, that's not, that's not cool, knock it off. You know, whether it's a joke or whether it's just the stuff that we have accepted for years and decades, like that has to stop. Being silent when we see things are wrong, um, to me is just as bad. So that's not a great answer, but I think your heart for the matter to me is, is unbelievably in a good place and, and a great start for us to provoke change and, and make it a better place for our kids. Like that's the goal, right? Like that's what we do. We, we wanna make this a better place for our children. Hi, Sierra Santos, Fox 10. You've been one of the people who has opened up the dialogue and we as a country are gonna to have to have some really uncomfortable conversations. So how did the Sons as an organization move beyond the conversation and start affecting change in the community? You kind of just gave some examples just now. I think we, we're gonna to have to take time to meet with our police departments and chiefs. Um, we're gonna to have to, if we can, you know, spend time with our city and state officials to, you know, whether it's town hall meetings or coming to our practice site or us taking time out of our schedules to go meet with them and talk about the issues that have affected us or things that we see. Um, you know, I, I, I said it before, I felt a bit isolated and incubated in my gated community in my house because it doesn't affect me at my doorstep. That's, that's, that's wrong. You know, I know things that are going on. I've seen it on TV or I'm, I'm driving down the street and I see things. I, I, I need to have those discussions with the people that can affect those kinds of change or changes. So that's not a great answer, but I, I know it's going to be something that's outside of our wheelhouse, so to speak, because my personality is just coach and go home. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me, you know, and that's irresponsible when you're in a position uh, like, I, like myself or you have a position like I do. I think it's irresponsible to sit and be quiet and just write a check and give it to an organization and say you do it, that kind of thing. I think as long as I have this position and I can affect change by meeting with um, certain people that you know, need to hear what's going on or allowing our players to, to voice what they see and feel with those particular positions in our city and in our state. I think those are things that are going to at least get people talking so that they can see. You can't fix the problem if you don't understand what's going on. And I think that's what many Blacks are 
in an uproar about right now because they feel like nobody understands what's going on. They don't understand the inequality in the healthcare system or school systems and just general living in a neighborhood. Like it, it is, it is generally hard for uh, black people in this country, and it has been. And when you feel like, when you feel like it's systematic, that that's a lonely, helpless place. And when you feel like nobody understands that, that's even lonelier. Coach Misha Jones, Cronkite News, Arizona PBS. Thank you for taking the time out to uh, be on this call with us today. My question for you is, you mentioned earlier that just in, in 2020, we've seen so many things happen from Kobe and David Stern to just countless other things. Um, for you personally, how do you keep going? How do you keep adding on to the end of your rope so that you don't fall off? Um... Man, that's a good question. Turn my head on backwards for that. Hold on. Gosh, I mean, I, I think the Bible says to whom much is given, much is expected, you know, and, and that has always been something that has been impressed upon me from my mentors to, um, you know, studying the Bible. I know that I have this position whether it's encouraging players, encouraging kids who watch us, uh, but more than anything, um, I don't want to get 20 or 30 years from now and look my kids in the eyes and say all I did was play and coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't want to do that. Uh, coach Pop taught me that when I first got into coaching. He, he, he would often remark, that it was just boring to only do basketball. And I don't want to get in my 60s and 70s and, and not be able to tell my children that I, you know, I tried to affect more than just a pick and roll coverage. You know, I want to be able to say to them that, not in a, in a, in a way that would be bragging, but I want to be able to say to them, you have an obligation to serve, son or daughter, you do. And I'm telling you this because I did it. Whether it's, you know, whatever capacity it is that we have done over the years. And so for me, I think that's, that's where it starts uh, and ends. You know, I, I don't want to just do basketball. And I, I've expressed that with every job that I've taken. And, you know, thankfully, I, I work for a man who understands that. that I'm not just going to be a basketball coach. I'm hopeful that every community that we live in, um, I can affect some type of change. Um, and that's, you know, it, it is, it is a lot. Our schedules are busy and for the most part, <laughs> we're gone all the time, but you know, that, that's no excuse to only do basketball. We've been given these positions and, and I know that somebody else could be in this position. And so I want to try to make the most of it if I can. I think we're on for the last question. Hey, Monty, thanks. As everyone said, thank you for, thank you for hopping on here with us. Um, there's already been a lot of talk by some people who think maybe there's not a place for sports like this, but I think there's a lot to be said and you've, you've said similar things that being able to use that platform can have its own value. 
where where's your head with with that there's two ends to it i think but where yeah. are you? I'm, I'm sensitive to both you know what i'm saying like i get it i do um there have been days where i'm i'm you know <laughs> i'm in here doing this and i got my tv right here and i see this stuff going on and i'm like what am i doing you know what i mean i, I toggle between both myself and I don't have a great answer for that. Um, my hope is that if we do get back into playing basketball, that it does not take the attention off and the focus off of the things that really need to change. Because we've often said that sports is a, a break from reality. And I do not think we need a break from reality right now. I think we need to continue to focus on reality. And I'm hopeful that sports can be a part of that reality. And so I, I'm, I'm like most people, I think I toggle between both uh, sentiments. Um, I, I won't say that I, I struggle with it, but I have sat here uh, watching film or drawing up, working on a play or talking to one of the coaches and ask myself, like, you know, is this really – that important today based on where we are and um, it's a tough one so you know the the, the last thing if that was the last question that I I'm, I want to leave with you guys I I've thought about this and I, I know you guys have as well our police men and women who do their jobs with integrity who walk out of their homes every day to protect and serve they need to be esteemed and respected right now. That, that, that to me, in the midst of everything that's going on, I know policemen and women and them and their spouses are in a tough, tough spot. And the ones that are doing it right every day, they need to be respected. They need to be esteemed. They need to be applauded. And, and I, don't, I don't think uh, we can forget that. I know you guys are on point with that, but I just thought it was, since I'm here talking, I think it's important that that is promoted. We have good men and women in law enforcement. And it's so easy to paint everybody with the negative brush of what we just saw, no matter what the situation is. And I think that's unfair to the men and women who leave their homes every day, they leave their spouses and kids to protect us and, and, and do right. And um, they should be respected and esteemed and, and we can't forget that. So. Thank you, Monty. That was wonderful. I thank you for all of you guys for joining us and uh, we'll try to do it again. Bye all. Thank you guys. Have a great night. 